This podcast is sponsored by 10 of those. If you're at the recent T4G conference, you probably went to the bookstore. It was run by 10 They want to serve the local church by bringing the best books from across the publishers at super low prices to conferences and churches across America. So if you're involved in running a conference or perhaps you have a women's retreat coming up or a church anniversary weekend, invite 10 to provide a pop-up bookstore. There is no charge for them to come. They'll recommend resources and serve you really well, taking care of all the stock, the cash register, sales tax, etc. And they come for conferences and churches of 300 people or more. They can also help you if you're doing things online. They can provide you with a customized online bookstore for your church, and there's no charge for that either. Email their team to get your bookstore set up. That's sales.us at 10 Sales.us at 10 Baptist 21 is a pastor-led voice for Southern Baptists in the 21st century. The B21 podcast will discuss current issues in the SBC with Southern Baptist church leaders. To check out more resources, visit us at baptist21.com. Well, welcome to the Baptist 21 podcast, where we have conversations about what it means to be Baptist in the 21st century. And I have with me today the CEO of 10 of those, Jonathan Carswell. Uh, 10 of those has been uh, a partner at some events that I've put on with Pillar. Uh, and 10 of those is actually going to be a partner with Baptist 21 as well moving forward. And so we want to talk about basically publishing and how you're doing ministry through publishing and all kinds of things like that. Again, got to know Jonathan a little bit along the way. Excited to talk to him about this ministry. Uh, so, Jonathan, thanks for being on the podcast. Ah, great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Really fun. And, it, and if you notice, he's not—he's not from around here. So, Jonathan, <laughs> let's start. Yeah. Let's start with a brief bio. Just tell us who you are, kind of where you grew up, how you came to know the Lord, and how you got into ministry. Yeah, well, I do have a bit of an accent, so I hope people can understand me. I um, I'm still learning the language, mind. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> I grew up in uh, grew up in the UK in England, and. Um, from a Christian family. My dad is an itinerant evangelist, so travels around um, mainly uh, the UK, but Europe and a little bit over here, um, sharing the gospel with people. So that was my sort mm. of upbringing. Always knew the gospel, um, but it wasn't until I was uh, later on in, in my teens, I went to a camp uh, in the summer. And uh, I, like I say, I knew the gospel. In fact, the year before I became a Christian, I say this not to you know, to my shame, I say this, you know, they'd asked mm. me to share my testimony on the camp and I, and I did, but I wasn't a Christian. I just mm. knew how to share, share a story really. And, um, wow. but it was the following year on that camp. I trusted the Lord. And, uh, so that was 16 then, um, studied and became a youth pastor. And then mm. while being a youth pastor, I began a hobby, which has, has grown, uh, a hobby of, of selling books that I just loved that pointed mm. to, to Jesus and it, it grew and became something which I've, I've done now for the last 15 or so years at 10 of those.com. Yeah. That's awesome. So 10 of those, we want to, we want to talk mainly about that and even just ministry in general, but I want to ask yeah. you just first time on the podcast, I want to ask some personal questions sure. yeah. just for people to get to know you. So kind of think family feud, if you've ever watched that, uh, I'll ask you a question. You answer it quick as you can. Okay. Okay. I'll do my best. Yeah. All right. So first question uh, is favorite book. That's not the Bible. Uh, uh, the hiding place, probably. Mm. Yep. Really? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, one question that we would had gotten submitted was what, what are some books that have changed your life? Uh, and so uh, obviously 10 of, uh, uh, that one hiding place, maybe one of those. Yeah. I mean, I love 
biography. I think there's so much to be learned from those who've gone before um, to see what God can do with a life that is dedicated to him. And I think The Hiding Place um, sticks out. The, f- the first um, Christian book I ever read uh, was um, the biography of Hudson Taylor, mm. uh, A Man in Christ. And uh, I'm dyslexic. I find reading hard work, but biography kind of drew me in. But then to see what God um, does with lives like Hudson Taylor, the the line from The Hiding Place, which I think just sticks with me so so often is um, when Betsy turns to Corrie and they're in the concentration camp and um, Betsy is just, uh, sorry, Corrie is just at her end and and, um, Betsy turns to her and says, there is no pit so deep that God's love Mm. is not deeper still. And so Mm. that's why the hiding place kind of sticks out for me. Um, But yeah, biography can play a really important part in discipleship. It's so true that a quote can sometimes make the whole book. It's a a fantastic quote. Um, Yeah. All right. Second question. You might have a unique answer compared to some uh, guys on the podcast. (laughs) Favorite athlete of all time. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's probably going to be a soccer player. I'm a Liverpool fan. So, um, yeah, growing up with Steve McManaman and John Barnes and Ian Rush, those sorts of guys, uh, Mo Salah is now kind of uh, our hero. But, yeah, definitely a soccer player. A fo- yeah, or, or a football player to use yeah. y'all's. Well, you actually, use, <laughs> well, you actually you. use your foot. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, grew up in the UK, so favorite food? Oh, fish and chips. Uh, fish and chips. Although mm. an Indian comes very close uh indian food just love it which is now our national dish even though it's uh, <laughs> not from <laughs> yeah. anyway i've been at a place in uh uh st andrews a few times that has incredible fish and chips so i would um yeah yeah love, and love please it. do not think long john silvers this is proper fish and chips <laughs> well, I, I know and the thing is the first time i went i was like they were like i said how many piece of fish coming there like one and i said well i mean i need more than that i add a second well it's huge just yeah. not it wasn't it's not it's not long john Silver. it's your whole plate yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right dream concert so dead or alive dream, dream. concert oh do you know i've i would love to see elton john in concert never have done um though oddly, maybe i shouldn't admit this <laughs> no, you, no you can admit I've, that <laughs> i've seen brian adams four times so oh, well. uh, i know that's the bit probably i shouldn't admit um, but I, I, yeah, probably, I think Elton John would be pretty mm. good in concert, but yeah. I have, I have a weird mix of, of music taste. Don't I'll, get me talking about music. <laughs> I love it. All right. Last one. Mm. Uh, first, uh, do you remember the text for your first sermon that you preached on a Sunday morning in a church service? Um, no, I have no idea what it was. I can remember, I can remember preaching it, but I can't remember what the text was at all. Um, but it, it was I think forgettable for everybody. So um, I would say if we can find a link to that sermon, we can put put it in the notes of this podcast. Please don't, please don't. (laughs) No, no. Uh, I love it. All right. Let's talk about uh, just ministry in general. And then also Mm. 10 of those specifically. Uh, What exactly is 10 of those? Why that name? How did it get started? Yeah. So I was a youth pastor in Northern Ireland, like I said, and um, I just was looking for a hobby for, for the weekend. I grew up in a family where um, both, my dad and my sister had had written and worked in publishing previously. So there was a, a few contacts, but I just uh, was aware that there were so many books out there. How do you know what's good? How do you know what's not great? And worse, how do you know what's going to do you some spiritual harm? Because there's plenty of books out there that purport to be Christian, but can do you some mm. spiritual harm. Mm. And not being a big reader, I didn't want to waste my time on stuff that was, was not going to be great. And so I just started carefully picking books that I'd read and I loved and I bought a thousand at a time and sold Mm. them in tens. 
And I knew by the end of the month, I would have to be paying off my credit card. So I had to have sold them by that point. And um, yeah, I started with three books, um, thousand of each, and they'd gone in the end of the week. And so that was really the start of um, picking out carefully chosen books and then discounting them and seeing them go out in in volume. So that's where the name 10 of those came from. Um, people would say, oh, I'll get 10 of those and 10 of those because I, I, I sold in 10s to start with. Now, mm. you don't have to buy 10, but the more you buy, the cheaper it gets. Mm. Um, but I, I firmly believe, even as a, a guy who struggles to read because I'm being dyslexic, that the impact of a book on a Christian life can be massive. Mm-hmm. But not just a Christian life. It can do major work for those who aren't yet Christians as well. I see, uh, you know, I look out into the warehouse now and see all these books. I just see them as little seeds that I pray will go out onto good soil and and bring fruit. And so I just want to cast as many of those seeds out as possible. Um, and so, yeah, that that began as a hobby and then it, it, it began to build. Yeah. So theologically, what kind of bent are you normally coming from? Well, um, there are different um, terms and, sure. uh, uh, and references and the, the UK and US differ. But ultimately what we want is we want to hold to the Bible so we're going to be reformed on 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 one level, I guess, if uh, uh, if that's a terminology people are used to. Uh, I mean, we're doing the bookstore for places like T4G, and you mentioned Pillar, et cetera. So that kind of gives you a feel of what we're coming from. Um, I'm from an independent evangelical background, um, which would be Baptistic by conviction, but we, I mean, we sell to Anglicans. They need the gospel as well, and, uh, and the Presbyterians too. <laughs> and um, I'm just making sure everybody's listening. But um, um, yeah, what, we, we're not seeking to, to kind of be narrow on one level, but we want to be narrow sort of in terms of the Bible is our plumb line. Mm. But in terms of our reach, I'll sell books to any, anyone if it's going to get them excited about the person of Jesus and his word. We, we do a bit of publishing as well. One of the books we publish is by Andrew Wilson, and he has a book called Unbreakable. Uh, and the subtitle is what the son of God says about the word of God. And that in many ways sums up what we're, we're about. We want to be proclaiming the son of God and we do it by holding fast to the word of God. And uh, his title is unbreakable because those two things you can't separate. And that, that's what we're passionate about. How do we get people opening up God's word? Because as we do by his spirit, we're introduced to the person of Christ, and that, that's where mm, we're I love that. from. Yeah, and you've you've already already mentioned your dad was uh, is an evangelist. Yeah. You're passionate about evangelism. In fact, last year at our conference, you gave out some books on evangelism. Um, you know, how does ten of those participate in the work of evangelism? Yeah, well, I hope as a staff team individually, in that you know, I'm praying for my next door neighbor um, that he he might trust Christ. I'm trying to seek to talk to him where I can, but on a on a corporate level as a ministry and a, as a business, uh, one way is by handpicking the best evangelistic books there are and trying to promote them and encourage people to use them. Mm. Also by publishing evangelistic resources, um, not just seasonal stuff, but we do a lot of seasonal. Christmas, Easter is a, is a good opportunity to be giving away. But then also to be enthusing um, our customers, those people that we meet at events and, and churches, to be thinking evangelistically, to say, okay, well, if these books are little seeds that can produce eternal fruit, how do we cast as many before those who are perishing as we can? So we're recording this just before Easter. So 
you know, for your Easter services, do you have an Easter service that is designed for those who perhaps aren't yet Christians or are just exploring? Well, why not give them all something as a as an Easter gift that they can take home that will winsomely, clearly, without lots of jargon, explain the great news of not only Jesus' death, but his resurrection and one day his return. And so we're looking for resources that we can get to churches who they can then uh, distribute widely. So there's one that we're doing this, this Easter, for example. It's called Your Verdict on the Empty Tomb. And it's an attorney presenting the evidence to you, the reader, of uh, Jesus rising from the dead. And he says, okay, you be the jury. Hear the evidence and then make make your your verdict. Did Jesus really rise from the dead? Because if he did, it changes absolutely everything. Now, if somebody comes to your service, they can hear the gospel, I hope, from the preaching of um, uh, on the Sunday. But by putting something in their in their purse or their bag that they can then take home, then the gospel has another opportunity down the line. Whether they're reading it on uh, on their lunch break or at home or when they go on vacation. It's putting the gospel in their hands at a time and a place that you perhaps can't go. Mm. Um, and where this book ends up, you just don't know. Maybe the husband didn't attend, but the wife took it home. Husband picks it up. Again, just gospel seeds seeking to get them out. How long is that book? Oh, I think it's 60 pages. So very okay, short. So it's a, a yeah. very easy thing to give out. So that's one you would recommend people considering as a gift, maybe. We, we have actually sold out of that one for this Easter, but we do multiple ones like that where we're selling them for a dollar or two. So the finance team, they're not going to kind of get all upset <laughs> either. Um, there's a, so a, a similar one, for example, um, uh, the king, the cross and the meaning of Easter. It's a simple explanation from John's gospel of what the gospel message is. Mm. And yeah, that's the sort of thing that perhaps with, with a little sort of um, wrapped up in a bow, maybe even with some chocolates or some candies or whatever, Give to everybody at your Easter service and, mm. and then pray that those seeds would produce fruit. Mm. Love that. So a lot of our listeners are pastors, uh, leaders in, in Christian institutions and so forth. How can 10 of those, other than just great resourcing, how does 10 yeah. of those serve pastors? Well, um, we want to um, serve. And so um, one of the ways that we do that is by helping you as pastors recommend um, resources, and then also to make them available. So the simplest way is we can provide you with a free customized online bookstore for your church. So you'd have your logo on, what's on the homepage you pick. So if you're preaching through John's gospel, say, well, you might have the top recommendations for, for um, re reading and studying John's gospel. You might have biographies and stuff for kids, etc. So we can provide that online store for you. It means that you can say to your congregation, hey, go to our online store and you know what they're going to see. If you send them to, to an online site, they're one click away via an algorithm to read something that could do them spiritual harm. So have your own store like that. And um, for churches of sort of 250, 300 plus, we can also come and provide a store for you. So we're doing this with literally hundreds of churches where we'll come on a Sunday for a Sunday service, bring a pop-up bookstore, make some recommendations as part of the service and see literally thousands of books go out on a Sunday morning. Uh, so we can do that. If you're running retreats and uh, conferences, that sort of thing, again, we can, we can come to that. But also talk to us, talk to our team and say, okay, so we have a children's ministry, say, in a local high school. What could we give away to everybody? 
Well, we can give you some advice, we can make some suggestions, we can send you a review copy, and then we can get it out to you at really low cost so that, again, more can go out. And those sorts of things, we are really here to, to serve the local church. We, we, we often use the line, we are in, in business to do ministry. So we need the financial books to stack up, but the purpose of it is to get the physical books out there and into people's hands. Yeah, I know we're doing that with with Pillar having an online bookstore. I think we should even yeah. talk about it with Baptist 21. I'm not sure why we haven't talked about that yet, but uh, love that. Uh, you sort of answered this question, but let me let me ask it explicitly. Yeah. Why should they consider 10 of those instead of Amazon, which, you know, everybody goes and does shopping yeah. on Amazon? Well, I have to say Amazon is very convenient, though I've not bought anything from them for the last 15 years. But mm. um, <laughs> what I would say is, Buy your Christian books from a place that is that cares about your um, spiritual health. Amazon do not care about your spiritual health or your congregation. They are there to make a quick sale. Mm. Also, um, so not just the curated, that is a massive part of what we do, but also the, the cost. Um, there is no bulk discount with Amazon. There is no, um, there is no incentive to get more people reading and their prices are, are not cheap. That free shipping that you get from them, yep, that's $180 a year. And, um, and so it's <laughs> not free. Um, the other thing I would say about our ministries, and there are others that do this as well, is with our profits, we're using them to, instead of sending our owner to space, we are putting resources on the mission field. So <laughs> we, um, with our profits, I'll give you an example. Just uh, yep. yes, yesterday, as a ministry in Armenia, where the, the spiritual situation in Armenia is really bad. And that, by the way, that is a country rather than a theological position. Right. Um, uh, so we've, we've partnered with a, a local ministry there. They, they've translated it. And because people have made purchases from 10 of those, we've been able to fund um, both the production and the distribution of the book. So there's no cost to them. So basically, when you're shopping with us, you're tithing because mm. we're then able to get those resources uh, on the mission field. I think also the other USPs that we can do, you know, we can come to your, um, come to your church. We can, there's a live chat option on our website. So if you're thinking, oh, you know, I've got a 14 year old son and he's just not into reading. Well, drop us a line, you know, yeah. say, Hey guys, what would you suggest for a 14 year old? That's just not into the Bible. And our staff know our products. We can make those recommendations. I mean, they're just a few reasons uh, <laughs> of why I get that Amazon is very convenient, but ultimately they care not a jot about your spiritual health. And that's what we're seeking to help with. This podcast is sponsored by 10 of those. If you're at the recent T4G conference, you probably went to the bookstore. It was run by 10 They want to serve the local church by bringing the best books from across the publishers at super low prices to conferences and churches across America. So if you're involved in running a conference or perhaps you have a women's retreat coming up or a church anniversary weekend, invite 10 to provide a pop-up bookstore. There is no charge for them to come. They'll recommend resources and serve you really well, taking care of all the stock, the cash register, sales tax, etc. And they come for conferences and churches of 300 people or more. They can also help you if you're doing things online. They can provide you with a customized online bookstore for your church, and there's no charge for that either. Email their team to get your bookstore set up. That's sales.us at 10 Sales.us at 10 Give me some upcoming titles you think listeners should be kind of looking out for. Uh, well, I think one of the best books that we are uh, publishing is uh, be out in June, God willing. It's by uh, 
Nana Dolce, it's called The Seed of the Woman. And it is a biblical theology of the women in the Bible from Eve right through to, to Jesus. And it is just wonderfully rich. I don't know if you've read uh, any of um, Jackie Hill Perry's stuff. I love her book, Holier Than Thou. Well, Nana's got a similar sort of writing style. She's, she's a real um, wordsmith. Her words are crafted, but there's deep theology in it. It's called The Seed of the Woman. Um, we've just published something by Dane Ortland called Surprised by Jesus, looking at the surprising um, aspects of Jesus in the Gospels, and he goes through all four Gospels. Uh, I've, I know lots of people have enjoyed uh, uh, Gentle and Lowly and then Deeper, and, and now this one, Surprised by Jesus. Um, in terms of evangelism, I think Christmas is um, it's about 250 sleeps away, I think, but um, we've got one coming, uh, less if you're an insomniac, but we've got one coming um, by Bob Lapine, which looks at the four emotions of Christmas, um, disappointment, um, sadness, can't remember the other one, but then finishes with joy. And mm. we're talking about giving away. Well, we're going to make this available for a dollar with the idea that you could even build your Christmas services around these four emotions of Christmas, finishing with, hey, if you want the best Christmas ever, then the way to have that is to be, to be right with the, the God and Savior who came to this earth, uh, who was big enough to become small and be our Savior. And and re- it explains the gospel in that way. And I think that's going to be a, a big one for, um, for Christmas coming. But oh, it's hard to keep up with, uh, with all the books. There <laughs> yeah. are so many. But yeah. Seed of the Woman would be a, a real top pick for me. Yeah. And y'all make sure to check out the website. Uh, a couple more questions, and I'll let you, let you get going. Uh, along with, you kind of talked a little bit about some of these, but again, I want to ask it explicitly. Along with publish, publishing, selling books online, what are some other things mm-hmm. you guys do? Um. Go on. To what, what, what do you mean? Um, what, what, what have so I missed? Y'all, y'all have, y'all have, yeah, I mean, y'all just have lots of stuff going on. That's not just yeah. publishing and selling books. And so just wanted to have people hear about that. Even just what conferences you guys have coming up that yeah. you'll be at and that kind of that kind of thing. Yeah, in terms of if you're going to see us around, um, if you're at T4G uh, in the next two or three weeks, then um, we, we've got the privilege of, of providing the bookstore for there, for their last ever one. Uh, and if you're not there in person, you can shop online at, at their uh, store. Um, the Gospel Coalition, so um, we provide both their online store for them. It looks like it's the Gospel Coalition, but it's us uh, behind the <laughs> scenes. Uh, but it's th- their women's conference in June in um, Indianapolis. Uh, we'll be there, God willing. Uh, we also partner with people like ACBC and Acts 29 and, and those conferences. But again, it's a lot of these smaller events and, and church congregations that we're going out to. And... Uh, and so, yeah, if people wanted to find out more of how we can serve their their local area, whether it's a um, a little regional conference that they they've got going, or a or um, just their church services, um, we can we can come to that. We we definitely clock up the air miles. That's for sure. There's a whole team of us that come out to the events. So yeah, and hopefully again, Lord willing, we'll see you here in Louisville yep. here in a couple of weeks. Um, and then even at uh, you also have given the bookstore at run the bookstore at the pillar unite conference. And so thank you for what you guys are doing. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts on just uh, getting your people to read? I mean, you've obviously spoken yeah. very clearly about the importance of reading for Christians, but just encouraging pastors, leaders, even just lay people who are listening. Why is it so important to read? Uh, would love. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're in this all the time. T- yeah. Well, I, I find it fascinating that, you know, the apostle Paul with all his credentials, with all his knowledge, you know, he, he did ask for his books, didn't he? he asked for his scrolls that he'd left yeah, behind. Books, so yeah. re- reading is, um, reading is a crucial part. Um, I would say on the whole, 
Um, most people are not reading as much as they could, as much as they should, or as much as they'd like to. Just a little bit on the should, I, I try and avoid, you know, this is a must read because, you know, the dying thief never read a, a book in his <laughs> Christian life. And yet there he was with, with the Lord. So I, I want to avoid it being sort of essential, but we also have a great opportunity to grow and to learn and to disciple and to, to help and to evangelize. Particularly for pastors, I would say most of your congregation you might want them to be reading here, uh, up here, but they're, they're nowhere near that. So give them something else. So I'll give you an example. Um, uh, let's say you're, you're doing a, a series on prayer and you would love them to read D.A. Carson uh, on Praying with Paul. Most of your congregation will not be there yet. We'd love them to be there, but it's, it's too, too daunting perhaps if they've not been reading, etc. So start them on something a little simpler perhaps. Um, mm. Uh, let's take, um, so Michael Reeves has a book called Enjoy Your Prayer Life, 48 pages. We'll get them reading that. That's not to say that that's where we want them to be necessarily long-term, but to help them get where we want them to be, start them there. I'd also say if you're making recommendations regularly over the course of a month or two, that won't make much of a difference. But over the course of a year, five years, 10 years, the lifetime of your ministry, they will then get to see which authors you're recommending, which books you're recommending, which topics you're you're suggesting. And over time, they will begin to develop a culture of what to read and, uh, and which authors, et cetera, et cetera. I think also look for creative ways to, to help them read. So mm. um, let's say, okay, we're going to read this book over the course of the next three months, read a chapter a week if you can, and each week I'll, I'll make reference to it or whatever, that sort of thing. Look for ways to bring people together to read together. I, I'm I'm like that. I need help, and together, if I've got the 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 challenge of reading with somebody, uh, then then that's gonna that's gonna help me a lot. I think get them reading um, biography. We mentioned that earlier, but I think what biography can do in furthering the weekly Bible preaching, um, it can show what it is to live out that expositional preaching that you're doing week by week, it, it then demonstrates this is what it is lived out. And The Hiding Place is a really good example mm. of that. Others like Evidence Not Seen or... Um, so get them reading like that. Demonstrate it yourself, though. Pastors, by your front door, do you have books? Mm. Because when that person pops around for a pastoral visit, give them something, put them in your hand. Demonstrate to them what it is to, you know, what they should be reading, but also giving uh, books and say, hey, look, if you promise to read this, take this on me. And if your church don't give you a budget for that yet, ask them for one. Even, you know, at our prices, it doesn't need to be a big budget. So, mm. um, but also do it evangelistically. So when the Domino's guy drops around your pizza, what are you going to give him? Hey, thanks so much. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a pastor at a local church and we hand these out to everybody just as a little way of thank, thanking you. And hey, when you've got 40 minutes, you could read this and it, it might just change your life. Um, so demonstrate it to people, but then challenge your congregation to do the same. Hey, so this is what I do. I have a pile by my front door and da, 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 away you go. Explain it. Well, mm. what if we as a congregation were thinking discipleship, older, older Christians, who are you discipling? Younger Christians, could you ask somebody older in the congregation to read Praying with Paul with you, to help you to learn, to etc.? Mm. but then evangelistically? Okay, so... Wouldn't it be amazing if at the back this week we've got evangelistic books, they're all a dollar. 
could you prayerfully and cheerfully give five out this coming week? Mm. And who knows, those little seeds might just become something uh, for, for the Lord as he waters and, uh, and brings fruit. So there are just some ideas for pastors, but I think if we're energetic about that and deliberate about it, it's amazing what good can be, uh, can be brought from it. I mean, even in my own life and in the, in the guys I've mainly poured into, the ones who take on themselves to read the things I've given them are the ones who, obviously, it shows my limitation as a disciple maker and just how much good books can, can really form worldview and, and shape uh, and totally. give a persevering faith to, to people. And so I, yeah, so thankful for the work you are doing. Uh, excited about future partnership with you guys. Keep up the good work. Be looking out for them. Go to their website. Uh, go See them at T4G. See them at other places. Ten of those. Uh, and be looking for them even at Baptist 21. And uh, Jonathan, appreciate your time, brother. Yeah, no, so glad to do it. Thanks. Always, always good to chat. Thank you guys for listening to the Baptist 21 podcast. Thank you for listening to the Baptist 21 podcast. To learn more about us, visit us at our website, baptist21.com. Also, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. It would really help us out. If you ever have thoughts or ideas for future interviews, please reach out to us at our email, baptist21 at gmail.com. Again, thanks for listening to the podcast.